putting in lots of testimonies don't mean you're going to get a shorter message after you. <laughs> it, it always is a pleasure to just come and to share God's word with you. What I want us to consider this morning is how ritual, religion, can rob us of the true dynamic of the Christian life. How ritual, religion, can rob us of the true dynamic of Christian's life. That last testimony, see, what you've found is Christian life. In church, we have something of the ritual. It has a part to play, but we mustn't just settle for that. I want to look with you at two patterns that we're given in Scripture for Christian living. They're patterns. And sometimes, if we're not careful, the pattern can become the ritual in our life. And we have to be careful of that. The first pattern is this pattern of how we are to pray. The second is how we should, as believers, fellowship together, how God intended the church to be. First, the pattern, then, of how we should pray. Uh, In Luke 11, if you want to turn to some verses of Scripture, I'll share these ones with you, then some others from another passage later. In Luke 11, 1 to 4, it says this, One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, I tend to think that probably would have been Peter, Uh, so outspoken, so inquisitive in his heart, so uh, wanting to find things out. One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So, well, I don't know if I understood what that means, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. So he's obviously talking about John the Baptist. And what would happen with Uh, rabbis or religious spiritual leaders who had gathered some disciples around them, it would be the leader that would teach them what they should be praying about. Usually it was about what the rabbi was about. For John the Baptist it was about what John the Baptist was about and so he would give them directives to prayer. And so they've come to Jesus and they said, Jesus Will you do this for us, just like John taught his disciples how, how and what they should pray for? Could you give us some directives, what you're about, that we can pray like you pray in the same pattern and the same way? Tell us the core of your beliefs. He then said to them, when you pray, say. And he gives them four things that are important to him, vital to him, that if they are his disciples, they should be praying about as well. He said, you're to pray, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Now, he didn't give us a prayer that we would recite it. That wasn't the plan at all. In fact, in in Luke's uh, 
account as you read it here, it doesn't even look like a prayer at all, does it? It's just a list, a list of things that we should pray for. What the church has done, it's turned this teaching of Christ uh, into a prayer by adding a doxology to the end of it. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? We, we read the prayer, then we say, For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well, that's not in the Bible. It never was in the Bible. It doesn't exist in the Bible. We've added that. But there's a scripture that says we're not, not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to add bits. But what they've done, they've taken this instruction in teaching about prayer and they've turned it into something we recite. They put a doxology on the end and even put our men on the end for us. So we've been misled to some extent. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. We never, ever, ever said the Lord's Prayer ever. Why? Because it wasn't meant to be said. It wasn't. I said the Lord's Prayer when I went to school and I had assemblies at school every day. But I never said it in church. You see, what they did in school was they didn't really pray. They just recited a ritualistic word or words and made it look or sound like prayer. They turned a teaching into a ritual, something we should recite. Jesus never intended that for one minute. He was responding to the question of the disciple when he said, teach us to pray. Tell us what the core values are of this Christian life so that when we do pray, we know what we're supposed to be praying about. In your daily conversation, Jesus said to your heavenly Father, which is what prayer is, any time you speak to God, any time when you say, oh Lord, that's prayer. Any conversation, any word that you speak, which is between you and God, is prayer. It's prayer. Even if you're thinking out loud, making a statement, you are praying to him. This request was when we come to our Father on a daily basis, when we come to fellowship and commune with you, what are the most important things that are on your heart, Father, that I want to pray about? So we talk about the things, not just on my heart, but the things that are on your heart. That's what's really important. When you talk to people, do you just go on about yourself? I tell you, that's very boring. Well, it's all right up to a point. You know what I mean? Some people you talk to, all they ever talk about is themselves. And you'll go away thinking, that wasn't a really pleasant experience. In fact, I don't mind hearing about them. In fact, I want to. But where did they ask me about me? Where I had a chance to share my life and the, the things that I'm concerned about. Where was it? It wasn't there at all. So prayer, you see, is not simply us pouring out to God all our petitions, all our needs, and we could have lots of them, but it's about talking to him about what's on his heart. And that's what they were saying. Lord, Jesus, teach us what's on the Father's heart so we can talk about the same things. 
the four things are God's kingdom on earth. We're supposed to talk to God about his kingdom on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's not something we just tag on when we don't know what else to say about something. It's, it's a, a place of conversation. Lord, you want to express your kingdom through me in the earth? What does that look like? Can we talk about this? Can we have a discussion, Lord, so I bring about your kingdom on earth? That's what I want to do. That's, that's what's on your heart, so it's on my heart too. Show me what it means. It says about God supplying our every need. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I'm not looking anywhere else. I'm looking for your supply. Well done, Andy. <coughs> Praying about work. God, I want your supply in my life. I could run here and run there and make deals and do all this. And, but Lord, I want what you want for me today in my life. He, the f third point he talks about is walking in the love of God. I forgive those, Lord, who have hurt me. And I want to be forgiven myself. Walking in forgiveness and walking in love is vitally important to God. And he wants us to talk to him about that. Talk to him about the people that you struggle with. The people you have difficulty with. The people who are just hard work. Talk to him about them. That's what he wants to talk about. And he wants to express his heart to you about the whole business of forgiveness and love. And the fourth thing is to overcome the evil one. He knows you're in a battle against Satan. He knows that. And he wants you to talk to him about that. That he would give you the strategy, the wisdom to outwit and to overpower the enemy. We pray, deliver us from this evil one that is coming to destroy me. Or show me how I can overcome him. How I can walk wisely in this world. So when we say the Lord's Prayer, there is a sense in which we're not praying at all, are we? We're just reciting back to him a list that Jesus has given us. Because our prayer is much more than simply reciting a few words that we, we read in Scripture. It's about our hearts flowing, overflowing to God in conversation on a continual daily basis. Just about everything. I'm so pleased with those testimonies. You should be talking to God about everything, everything. Big things, big major things like the war in Ukraine, like the revival in this land. Like you should be talking to God about big, big things in your life, but also talking to him as though he were, and he is, your father who cares for you, and so you pour out the little things as well. Big stuff and little stuff, because he loves us. And he is the one who has the power to change affairs in the world. God wants this two-way conversation, that we enter into a place of trusting one another. What have I said all that for? I can preach my sermon now. That was just the intro. Now I'm messing with you. Okay. That's important that you get that. 
We don't live by patterns. We live by vibrant life. In that testimony, the sister said she found vibrant life with her friend. They started to open up the Bible and they started to read it and God started to speak and prayer meant something. It's vibrant life, you see. That's what God wants for us. What is the pattern then for the fellowship of the believers? I want to turn you to Acts chapter 2. Um, reading from verses 42 to 47. It's one paragraph. There's two parts to this paragraph. The first part is how we are to train ourselves for Christian living. How we are to train ourselves for Christian living. The second part, which is much longer, is actually what this Christian living looks like. The first part is training. The second part is what Christian life should really look like. It says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is Acts 2, 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, it goes on to describe what Christian life is like if we do that. We train ourselves, we devote ourselves to these things. Everyone will be filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were gathered and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate food together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, in these verses we read the pattern, a description of what Christian fellowship is. That's it. It's a definition. It describes it to us. This is what Christian fellowship is. We're Christians and we've entered into Christian fellowship. So if this isn't what you've got, you're being deceived. You're not getting everything that God wants for you. You're being, as it were, shortchanged cheated out of something because this is clear what it is we're supposed to have what is this teaching fellowship breaking of bread and prayer it is what we do we discipline ourselves in these four areas so that this life that I've described to you that the scriptures have described become a reality in our lives Without the teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer, that Christian life that I describe for you is not possible. We have to train ourselves, you see. This is why you've come here this morning. You've come that you would be trained in things that between now and next week... You live the description of what Christian fellowship is. 
Isn't it funny that we do these four things here every Sunday morning? We listen to doctrine from the Apostle. Well, the Apostles wrote this, and hopefully those that teach it are bringing you the teaching of the Apostles. We fellowship together, generally over a cup of tea and greeting one another. We pray, we had prayers together, and we break bread. The four things that are in there that we're to do, and we do it. But that is not the sum total of our Christian life. This, this is not the Christian life. This is training for the Christian life. The Christian life happens all through the week. Then we come back again for more training and more disciplining to live that life that we read about here. The writer invites us to devote ourselves to these disciplines, to these four disciplines. <clears throat> Do you know why he says devote yourself? It's because discipline is hard. And these four things require discipline. So they are disciplines, but they require discipline in our lives. What does to devote ourselves mean? Well, to be sincerely committed to, to prayer, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the doctrine of the apostles. We are to devote ourselves to it, to sincerely commit ourselves to understanding it and to doing it. We're to persevere with it. We're to remain constant in it week after week after week that we would be so changed that the life that I read to you is the life that we live. The AV and those who like reading the AV it says we're to continue steadfastly. To be devoted is to continue steadfastly. These disciplines then will develop the Christian life that we looked at here. Going to church is not the Christian life. This isn't the Christian life. This isn't the Christian life. It isn't. It isn't. You say, well, all Christians go to church. Yes, we do. We do because we want to discipline ourselves. That's why, so that when we move away from here, we live the Christian life. This isn't the Christian life. It is the teaching that we receive that we might be able to live it. The believer's fellowship on a daily basis that we read about here is the Christian life. There is a danger that just as prayer becomes a cluster of sentences that we've learned to recite, the Lord's Prayer, a cluster of sentences we've learned to recite, the believer's fellowship is reduced to 90 minutes on a Sunday morning. No, no, no. It, this is wrong, isn't it? If this is the sum total of your Christian life, this isn't it. 
we're saved to live every day in the Christian life and the Christian experience. It's not as though we do something Christian here and then we move into the secular world the rest of the week and we live out some sort of life that's not related to this. We've come here to train ourselves that we can live the Christian life for the rest of the week. If we're not careful, what the Lord intended to be a way of life will be reduced to a meeting on Sunday morning and we believe we've done what God wanted. But have we? At 11 o'clock, all over the world, obviously it's different times because we have different time zones, millions, millions of Christians meet and exercise these four disciplines for an hour or an hour and a half. And they come back next week and repeat the procedure. And the following week, and, and some churches meet in the week and do this thing as well. Is this what God intended for your Christian life, that you just do this? Oh no, that would be so sad. That would be so disappointing. This is simply where we receive the disciplining, where things are explained to us, where we break bread together, which will produce the Christian life in us, where we pray, which will produce the Christian life in us. Surely verses 30, 43 to 47 show us what the believer's fellowship is really like. Many have made Sunday morning the totality of the believer's fellowship. They don't meet other Christians all week. They don't bother. They don't study the word or they don't pray or they don't fellowship. They, they don't do those things. They don't break bread in each other's homes. They don't do those things. They'll come back next Sunday to, to do that. I love church. I love this time together. But if this was it, it wouldn't suffice me. I think I've been shortchanged. That I just come back next week and do this again, and then all through the week I struggle and fight with stuff all week, only to come back and hear the same things again. I would ask myself, where is the awe and the many wonders and miraculous signs that is spoken about there? Where, where is it? Where, where is it? Where is the being together and having everything in common? Where is that? Where is the selling of what we don't need and giving it away to the poor? Where, where is that? It's not here on Sunday morning. Where is the daily meeting together and studying together the word of God, sharing testimonies together with each other on a daily basis? Where is the daily praise of God that we read about in this scripture where is the Lord adding to our numbers daily and we're influencing our neighbours with the gospel? Where is it? It's not in here. You see this. This is the place where we receive discipline. The fellowship of the believers is what goes on through the week. And then we must gather again 
to receive more discipline and encouragement, as it were, in our lives. We all have busy lives. We've always had busy lives. Are you telling me that the saints that were written about here didn't have busy lives? Weren't they fishermen and farmers and builders? Uh, Weren't they busy too? And yet within their busyness, they still found time for this stuff. Probably just as busy as we are today. If we only pray the Lord's Prayer, can we claim that we have prayed at all? It wouldn't suffice me to say the Lord's Prayer once a day. I'm sorry. I need to pour my heart out to God about the things that concern him and the things that concern me. And I need to hear from him about what he wants me to do, if anything at all, about the things that concern him. So say in the Lord's Prayer, it wouldn't do me any good at all. And if this is all I have for Christian fellowship, this won't do me either. <laughs> it's, not, it's not enough. I need the real life. The real life that exists once I step outside. I'm happy to come back and to be enthused and charged again. But it's what takes place outside. Church, never settle for anything less than what God is offering you. You say, well, it'll all be all right in heaven. No, I want it now. I want this life that I read about now, now, in my experience. It's all right to have holy dissatisfaction. To go home sometimes and sit down and go, what's church all about? What are we doing every week? Why doesn't anything happen? Well, that's holy dissatisfaction. Not that you're ever going to stop coming, that would be foolish. But to say, God, surely this isn't what it's all about, just turning up for an hour, doing this thing, and then getting on with life. No, no, it's more than that, you see. Yes, we have met again this morning, and we have embraced the four disciplines again, and it has been good. I've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it. You must enjoy it to some degree to come back the next week. It isn't simply all duty. You did enjoy it. But this is not the end in itself. God designed a Christianity that's a lot better than this. A weekly meeting, as it were. We did this this morning that we might fully enter into everything he's got for us. Amen. Amen. It's down to us, you see. It's down to us. You've heard the testimonies that have inspired you. You've heard the teaching from the, the apostles' word. We've prayed together corporately. We've broken bread together. I don't know if there's anything else we can do, Paul and Florence. There's nothing more. We're being faithful to the disciplines that we meet together to practice. But now we have to allow these things to change us and to grasp the reality of what it is. Let me 
remind you again what real Christian fellowship is. It is the awe and the wonder of seeing miraculous signs. It is being together and having everything in common with one another. It is the selling of what we don't need and giving it first to the poor in our own community and then the poor outside of our community. It is the, the, da the daily meeting together. It says daily there. To be inspired from God's word as we share the things. It is in meeting in one another's homes and breaking bread. A sister told us when she met with her friend in her home, they were enjoying the fellowship together. God's not just spoiling her, he wants to spoil all of us, that we all enjoy this. Getting other Christian people in your home, breaking bread with them, opening up the scriptures, talking to them, sharing testimony with them. It is the daily praise of God. And it is the joy of others seeing what exciting lives we live. They're listening in and saying, I want what you've got. Your life is not boring and dull and hard like mine. Your life has a dynamic of power and life and love about it. And that's what I want. Where do you worship? Where do you go to church? I'm coming with you. Oh, no, no. It doesn't say, no, I'm coming with you because I see within you and your life this is something that I want. But if they just see us as religious and down in the mouth, they will never knock the door down to come to where you are. Amen? Amen. 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 Father, we just thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for this precious, precious, wonderful life. We thank you for the training that we've received over the years. We've met together hundreds and thousands of times. Lord, we want to take this life in all its fullness into the world where you've placed us, into the workplace, into our communities, into our streets, into our societies, whatever we're part of, Lord, that we take this dynamic life that's so exciting and we share it, Lord. Help us to do this, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.